Listening Dog Media. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. It's me, Kate Borsay, coming to you from my wardrobe. Oh yes, in sunny Peckham, South East London. Down the line, possibly with a robin bearing its red breast, it's Lindsay Hooper. <laughs> yes, although we're looking out for the blue tits now. All right, less of that. And to complete our trio, let's get straight to it. Who could it be? Let's get a hello from this very special guest. Well, hello. <gasps> Who is it? Cryptic. Do you recognise the voice? She's tried her very best to obscure herself there, but it can be no other. She's back. It's our very own hot mama, Hayley McQueen. Welcome back. Yep, Shady's back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to have you. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it is a rare upside to all the shenanigans going on outside. And of course, we're thinking of everyone listening to this, however you're being affected at the moment by what's going on with COVID-19, the coronavirus. And I hope that we can offer you half an hour or so of respite away from all of that, as well as discuss, of course, what we all like chatting about football. But Hayley, before we move on to that, I just want to know how you're dealing with being in charge of a small person, because life has changed so much for you since we last spoke on this podcast. Yeah, she's got to five months and she's still alive. So I've achieved something. (laughs) But she's very good. She's got absolutely no idea about what's happening in the world right now, which is actually quite lovely. Imagine that. Imagine not knowing what's happening. And she knows no different to just being indoors, chilling out in her house and her crib, literally chilling in her crib, going for the occasional walk to the park on her one exercise outing of the day. And uh, we've been in the garden a little bit because haven't we all got so lucky with this weather as well during our isolation period? I think had it have been cold and rainy or sort of winter time, I think we'd be dealing with it slightly less optimistically. Um, I'm not saying there's that much optimism in it at the moment, but just the fact that we can go outside and enjoy some fresh air. If any of us are lucky enough to have a garden or a park nearby, then yeah, that is quite joyous. What's the one thing that you think has changed about you most since having a baby? Probably hating Kirk quite a bit of the time. That's my other half. (laughs) Poor Kirk. Uh, (laughs) 
I know, poor Kirk. But no, he's uh, he's still in the spare room. Yep, that's right. He does do the occasional night shift. That that's that's fine. But yeah, so I do most of the overnights with her, and I think little babies they they kind of need their mummies, don't they? Yeah. Um, most of the time, she's a little bit ill at the moment, so I think just going to bed knowing that you're never going to get eight hours sleep in a row it's really strange yes. even when I have had a night in the spare room and Kirk's taken over I still wake up there's a weird kind of chemical hormone that seems to rush through you and makes you wake up when she wakes up anyway so quite often I'll wake up and then a few minutes later I'll hear a little cry from the other room and I can hear Kirk clambering around trying to figure out how to feed her in the night and heat up the milk and doing all of that. So just the not sleeping thing, I find a little bit difficult, but doing shift work like a lot of us have done, I think has definitely prepared me better than if I was kind of a nine to fiver with my free weekends and eight to 10 hours sleep of an evening. So thank you career for being so up and down for providing me with the the experience of um, <laughs> sleepless nights. You and Kirk as well, you've become Instagram sensations, haven't you? With, um, with your fitness regimes. I don't know about that. See, the thing is, I, I am not the type of person to post fitness stuff and fitness videos, but a lot of people are obviously being very conscious about um, making sure they do exercise, not just for the body, but kind of for your mind as well. Get that fresh air. And if you're not getting outside, just to kind of get your adrenaline going and get everything kind of pumping again, just to give you that boost for the day. So, yeah, we just decided that we'd do a little um, fitness routine, put it on Instagram, and we're challenging people to do some form of exercise, whatever it may be, every two days. And whichever exercise it is you've chosen or a little round of exercises to up it by one every two days. So for example, we started on 30 squats, we got to 32 squats, four days later, it's 34 squats, then it's 36. So literally in about three months time, I intend on being pretty much superwoman. And you're hoping that coronavirus doesn't last too long then? I know, hell no. I cannot be doing with this lasting too long. I mean, even the sort of 12 weeks at the moment that we're looking at um, is not great. But yeah, three weeks and that'll do me. And hopefully we can sort of start to edge our way back into normality and uh, my other half can ease up on the exercise regimes. So you're in the spare room, Hayley. And Lindsay, where are you just so we can set the scene? I'm I'm in exactly the same spot I was in last week. So I'm in the, the kitchen diner. Uh, facing the patio. Uh, so I've got a bit of sunlight trickling in, trying to just look at nature through the window today whilst Aww. we record for soundproofing purposes. Well, it's always nice to be able to picture you. And just a quick check, because this is probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me this week. So I've got a full face of makeup on, I've had a shower, I'm out of my tracksuit pants and I've even spritzed some perfume. I did that. I, I thought I'm going to put my best perfume on. <laughs> Um, I got my white jeans out because the sun's been shining. I thought, right, it's time for them to come out for the for the year. How about you, Hayley? Well, I am sitting cross-legged on the floor in a sort of yoga position in my yoga pants and a vest, but I don't intend on doing any exercise. But if, if I look like <laughs> I am look doing exercise and it's kind of, yeah, it helps the mind, doesn't it? So it's basically because I can't be bothered to get any other clothes out apart from workout gear and leggings. Yeah, I think I would survive just in in my workout gear most of the time. But like Kate, I thought this was a special occasion with your return. So I've got my glad rags on. 
Well, it's great to know what you both have been up to and plenty of people at the moment playing football manager as well. I know their figures are brilliant. And if you sign up now, you can simulate finishing the end of the season. What a brilliant thing this is to do. You can set a custom start date. So FM20, so the FM20 season begins at the time that the Premier League was suspended. TalkSport did this very thing uh, and they ended up with some key takeaways. So this is what happened according to them. Liverpool still won the league, but it took them until April the 20th and Norwich was still relegated but the other two teams the fate of the other two teams relegated didn't happen until the end of the season maybe yours will turn out a different way um, you can uh, grab your own version set it up for free FM 2020 uh, stays free to play on Steam for one final week um, so that's until three o'clock on April the 1st that's on PC and on Mac and a big thank you to Football Manager who are supporting us and keeping us going through this period of time. Okay, Lindsay, are you ready to go? Yes. Hayley, are you ready to go? Let's get ready to... Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Well, coming up, we're giving you a friend's theme to this podcast. Lindsay, she's been working on this, haven't you, Lindsay, for months on end. So this is like the culmination of all of Lindsay's uh, iPhone notes. She's made several of them. Every topic will begin with the one with, of course, uh, such as the one with fake news, where we test how much attention Hayley has been paying to sport news, football news, whilst she's been off. And uh, the one with football friends, uh, those players who just follow each other around constantly. And I'm sure that they'll be going through hard times right now as we're all in isolation. And we can only stick to who's in our households. Of course, you can get us on Jack Radio as well every Friday from four o'clock. So uh, get listening there. This is The Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Let's start the one with the flashbacks. Now, the last time the three of us were together on the show, it was August the 22nd. So much has changed in our lives and, of course, in football. At that time, Arsenal was second in the league. Man U were just about to lose to Crystal Palace and Spurs were going to lose to Newcastle that weekend too. But we were only two or three games into the season. So let's uh, catch up by looking at our highest and lowest football moments since August the 22nd and why. Hayley, let's go to you. Gosh, well, yeah, I've kind of missed out on this big season of VAR. I spent the whole summer doing a lot of research on it, going to Stockley Park to see how it worked, trying to figure it all out. And then I've obviously watched it play out on TV. And um, yeah, it's 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 a high and it's a low for me. It kind of comes as both because it's a low because I don't think it's quite there yet. It's very frustrating to watch, frustrating to deal with. It's just really annoying that after every game, it's something that we discuss it was supposed to be that VAR would take these discussions away from, you know, football so we could just have a decision. The decision happened. You know that that's the correct decision. You move on and you can talk about footballing things. Instead, it just seems to be VAR, like Groundhog Day, a little bit like how we're living at the moment. But it's also one of my pluses of the season because it's actually benefited Manchester United more than any other side. There was the game, of course, against Everton, where um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goal, of course, which would have been 
a last minute winner against United was ruled out. And that was the ninth decision of the season that went in United's favour, thanks to um, where what people are calling their 12th man VAR. So whereas back in the day, it used to be Fergie time, that's been overtaken now by VAR. So that's kind of my high and my low, because whilst it's benefited Manchester United, I still don't think it's benefiting the league yet. I'd like to bring you up to speed with Wolves and my highs and lows, Hayley, whilst you've been um, bringing Ayla up, because I want to take you back, first of all, to the 6th of October. And what a result, one you would have appreciated as well, because it's against the other side of Manchester. But I was at the Etihad Stadium when Wolves beat Manchester City 2-0 at that point, you know, the current champions going up against them. People hadn't seen their season derailed as much as it had done up until the point before coronavirus where Liverpool way out in front. So this result really did mark Wolves' season. Adama Traore marked his season as well, scoring in the 80th and the 94th minute. I was so happy to be at that match. Uh, My favourite easily so far of the season. And the lowest moment, I think, would be the 29th of December against uh, Liverpool at Anfield when Pedro Neto had that goal ruled out by VAR so it's picking up on your VAR theme Hayley should have been 1-1 and I still insist on that should have been 1-1 that match (laughs) still so sore and I have to say Hayley you've missed out on Lindsay Hooper having the best season possibly of her life of her recent life anyway you've missed her coming into the studio grinning perhaps throwing a Premier League table out on the uh, recording desk and (laughs) as if I ever did that (laughs) spring in my step (laughs) Well, the same could be said for me as well. You've missed me and my team, Liverpool, who have an absolutely astonishing season. And I don't say that lightly. We were top of the league on the 27th of August with six points. And who'd have thought that we'd be still there um, at this point in the season, of course, before the uh, season was suspended. 25 points clear, 27 wins out of 29. And our 82 points, or Liverpool's 82 points, dwarfing the 70 points after the same number of games last season. So that's definitely my high. When I move on to my low, and and, and I don't like kind of resting on low points too much, but I do think it needs to be said. And that's that kick it out are correct. And they are right to point out that um, footballers are facing a spike in racist abuse. That's on and off the pitch. Um, It remains the most common form of discrimination in professional and grassroots football racism. And we've seen loads of high profile incidents. I won't rake all over them, but, you know, we've had monkey gestures. We've had fans with banning orders at Manchester City. The Spurs-Chelsea match with alleged racist behaviour towards Antonio Rudiger. And of course, all the lines surrounding the England team as well out in Sofia who were racially abused by Bulgaria fans. So there's been there's been loads of different stories and I just think we need to keep recognising, I suppose, that this is an issue and it's right that it's being reported more and that could be partly why figures are up, but it's certainly something that, um, that we sort of need to stay hot on. And Hayley, now that we've got you back, there are stories that have happened in the time that you've been away that I would have loved to have had you on the podcast for. Easily spring into mind, one of the standouts is... How, where were you when the Rebecca Vardy incident happened with Colleen Rooney? And your reaction to that would have been priceless. Oh, my gosh. Do you know, I actually, um, I, I follow both of them on social media. So obviously I, I saw her trending. I saw Colleen Rooney. I was sending memes to friends for days 
off the back of that. I do, though, think that because I had just obviously been pregnant myself, Rebecca Vardy was a heavily pregnant woman who was already having to look after kids. Yes, she might have a big house and was on a luxurious holiday and with a millionaire husband footballer, but she's still a person with a heart. And there's no excusing somebody if she did do that to Colleen Rooney. But I just don't think Colleen went about it the right way, particularly with somebody who could have gone through a lot more stress than she was already going through just being pregnant. I don't think I'd like to have been outed in the press by anything that I've done. You know, all the awful things that have luckily gone unnoticed by most people. (laughs) (laughs) And to go through all that so publicly when you're pregnant. So I did actually feel for Rebecca Bardi in that. I don't know why Colleen didn't just call her up and have it out and deal with it privately and perhaps maybe let the other footballing wives and girlfriends know about the situation so she was kind of ousted by a group but not outed in the newspapers in that way because I I do think it was cruel. My biggest frustration is that we actually don't know the outcome do we? So was it? Was it was it Rebecca Vardy? Apparently that it was going to be looked into but we never got the verdict. Lindsay come on dot 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 it was (laughs) Rebecca Vardy's account. Well the account yes but we don't know where else. (laughs) Or who else it would have been on that? An awesome football story, though. The other thing as well is the Manchester City ban from Champions League football. Hayley, where were you when that was announced? <laughs> I was watching the television, sipping on a glass of red wine, going, what a shame, boys, what a shame. Only kidding. I don't really care. If you go about your business in an incorrect way, then you deserve to be punished. That's just that. There you go. Well, they are still appealing at Hayley, so you never know, it could be rescinded. All right, well, that's all of us caught up on the last six months. Up next, Football Friends. It's not your All right, well, next up, topic two, the one with football friends. Uh, We're celebrating being reunited again here on the show. And like us, there are some footballers and managers who followed each other to other clubs or are just firm besties. But who are they? Who do we want to celebrate? Which bestie couplings do we want to pull out of the bag for this one? Um, Hayley, I'm going to go to you. Right. Well, there's quite... There's a lot because I guess when you play football, you you kind of buddy up with your your mates and you form a pact that when one of you becomes a manager or a coach, that you'll you'll kind of team up together and you'll you'll work together and take the other with you. And it's been quite nice that this has been carried on by some footballers, coaches, and the wider kind of staff as they've gone from one club to another to another. One of these bestie situations, and it's it's one of my absolute favourites. Um, you're going to love it as well, Kate. They ha- they don't work together, but when Klopp, of course came to work over in the Premier League his best friend also Mm. made sure that he was working over here in England and uh, taking on each other in the Premier League as well it's uh, Klopp and Wagner so yes uh, David Wagner even Wagner even planned um, Jurgen Klopp's stag do so they've been friends since 1991. That's like 100 million years ago to the young generation, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and yeah, so Wagner organised his stag do. He was uh, managing a uh, Bundesliga side 
at that time. And um, they went to a market. It was like an Oktoberfest style market and they put Santa Claus masks on every single one of his friends. Uh, so there were 25 Santa Clauses and Jürgen obviously wasn't able to go into to the market as a normal person. So that kind of kept him safe and he could drink as many beers as he I possibly like wanted. So I'd, they're just both quite rock and roll, aren't they? And everybody, yeah, I'm a Manchester United fan, but I do still love Jürgen Klopp. He's such a brilliant character. I just think this kind of friendship is brilliant. They've, obviously, they're not going to work together because Wagner's doing his own thing and he's gone his own way. A little bit like Mourinho and Carranca, which is another one I was going to mention as well, who worked together at Real Madrid, but have gone their separate ways. Wagner's never probably going to come and work under Klopp. He's got his own thing going on. But the fact that you know that they're in touch with each other, they meet up, they probably go to rock concerts together. In fact, they probably would be going to Glastonbury together this summer if it wasn't cancelled. This is very true. And they've been friends since 1991, did did you say? Yeah. So our producer, Abby, has pointed out that she wasn't even born. What? In 1991, which is not a fact I want. And I just wonder if it gets difficult between them, because obviously Klopp has so much success. He's doing so well. He's so lauded. And, you know, mixed bag, really, for Wagner, you know, within certain areas anyway. So I just I just wonder if it ever gets tricky or does Wagner just say, do you know what? Fair enough. He is the better manager if he if he believes that uh, that is the case. Who knows? Um, Lindsay, who have you got? I've got to go with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I think, because him and Maxwell have been friends for many years as well. That that goes back to their Ajax playing days. And then you talk about following each other around. They've actually played together at three more clubs. So Inter Milan, Barcelona and PSG. So I think that goes to show that they've been unbreakable. And I think it would be quite a feat to remain good friends with Zlatan. He must get on your nerves after a while. Just the, the pompousness and the size of his ego. But Maxwell obviously strokes it very well. Well, I, well, I just wonder if Maxwell tries to tries to take it down a peg or two. Do you think? Well, they seem to always be having laughs and giggles, and a lot of the pictures that you've seen of them in training where they're they're having jokes. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's a bit of light relief. Well, I'm going to bring in another bromance, um, a really obvious one, but it has to be mentioned, doesn't it? Deli Ali and Eric Dyer. They are always, they are consistently on social media, media sharing their love. They admit that they're too close to separate. In fact, um, I was just reading something between them earlier and Delhi said about Eric, uh, love's a strong word, but we really do like each other. And I think that is perhaps one of the most sort of prolific modern day amongst our, amongst our young footballers within the Premier League and, you know, English ones at that. That is, that is a prolific bromance, isn't it? Well, when I worked at Manchester United, one of the most unlikely bromances, hilarious, was Patrice Evra and uh, Park Ji-sung. So you had a Frenchman and a man from South Korea who couldn't speak each other's language. And Ji-sung Park even struggled to speak English. And they they were joined at the hip. They're still best friends now. And in fact, even uh, Patrice used to call Jason Park's dad Papa. And whenever the families would come over and spend time, they'd all get together and go to a restaurant together with parents. I mean, Patrice Ever is like one of about 16 kids, but he'd have some of his sisters and brothers and family over and they'd all go out for a big dinner together. Nobody could communicate, but it didn't really matter. And he actually he speaks four languages anyway, Patrice Ever, and he started learning Korean just so he could communicate, no. which I just think is so lovely. Yeah, and they've, they've, they've kept in touch since. And of course, Patrice Ever has become really famous now on his Instagram. 
um, particularly on a, on a Monday when he sets us up for a good start to the week. And um, yeah, apparently uh, Jisung Park gets involved with some of that as well, who's of course like a David Beckham out there in Asia. So um, you could argue that uh, Park is a, a bit more high profile than Patrice Evra before Evra, of course, went absolutely social media famous. Yeah, and also Evra's doing loads of the work, isn't he? There, Evra's Evra's learning four languages, learning Korean for for Park. But what's Park doing in that situation? I know. He's just being looked after. He loves it. He had a huge surprise birthday thrown for him as well when he was at Manchester United. And um, Patrice Evra organised it all with Carlos Tevez, believe it or not, and they threw him a big surprise birthday, which is very sweet. But yeah, he was very mm-hmm. shy. Um, a very shy young man. So I think it needed someone like Patrice to kind of bring him out of himself and, and very much took him under his wing. Literally everywhere one went, the other went too. Oh, well, a friendship that got split up fairly recently um, was one between Henrik Mkhitaryan and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang because um, they used to be teammates together at Borussia Dortmund, got on famously. And then Aubameyang must have thought, brilliant, I've gone to Arsenal where Mkhitaryan is. We can be buddies again. Apparently, they're both delighted. And then not long after, a matter of weeks, Mkhitaryan ended up going to PSG. So they got separated. So I'm going to end on a more sour note. Oh, well, I I wanted to bring in quickly Marcus Rashford and Jesse Lingard. This one's for you, Hayley. Um, loads in common because they, of course, went through the ranks together at Manchester United, made their international debuts in the same year. They've not always been brilliantly well behaved together, it has to be said, but they are proper, proper besties and old school besties at that. Well, friends reunited. We'll see what happens next with our uh, with our with our bromance couples. Uh, on to our final topic then, and get the Donald Trump impression ready. Yes, it really is fake news. Monica, Monica, have a happy Hanukkah. So Santa Claus, he said hello to Ross. So our final topic, the one with fake news. Lindsay Hooper, can you do a better Donald Trump impression than I? No, not than you. You were the actress of all of us. Um, But I would just be like, it's fake news, fake news. (laughs) Well, that definitely isn't Donald Trump, but well done for the attempt. I've got the yellow hair, just haven't quite got the fake tan for the fake news yet. But I'm working on it in the back garden right now. Yeah, we'll find some orange paint or perhaps some creosote for your fence, Hayley, and um, I'm sure you'll get there. Um, well, this topic is all about how we're going to test how much attention you've been paying to the football world whilst you've been off, Hayley. You you can be completely forgiven for not paying much attention at all. You've had enough going on and very little sleep. But we thought we'd run a few lines by you. We're going to give you three sort of headlines or facts each. Two are true and one is fake news. Uh, can you identify... Which is which? Uh, Lindsay Hooper, you go first. So, Hayley, these are more obscure stories, so we're not expecting you to know all about them. But I've got three categories, and what I think we should do here is let you choose which category you'd like to take. So we've got January transfers, Spurs New Stadium, which was opened whilst you were on maternity, and VAR. I'm going to go with January transfers. Okay. So one, after four and a half years, Marco Mandzukic left Juventus for Qatar side Aldehail, uh, despite being heavily linked with Manchester United. 
Number two, Carl Lafferty joined Fulham on a free transfer, leaving Norwegian club Sarpsborg 08. And number three, Jack Rodwell was handed a short-term deal until the end of the season by Chris Wilder, joining Sheffield United after a successful loan spell. Which of those is false? Um, Carl Lafferty. You're right, because he actually joined Sunderland. Not Fulham. Sunderland, yeah. yeah. Well I done. I was going to retire, but that was that point. was just from um, international football. But yeah, heading to the northeast, he did. So a point to Hayley. Can't you make it two out of two? Here are yours, Hayley. On the subject of VAR, it took until early December for a pitch side monitor to be used by a referee to overturn a decision they'd made on the pitch. Line number two. Chairman of Fort William FC, Peter Murphy, put out this statement this season. Following unacceptable behaviour of the Ultras supporters' group over a number of games this season, we've taken the decision to ban this group from home games. They will be able to gain entry individually if accompanied by a parent. Line number three. As a reward for being Real Sociedad's Player of the Month this season, Martin Odegaard was presented with a large fish at a local supermarket. Which one of those is fake news? What? I mean, I think it's got it. There's something fishy about that last one, Kate. That's actually true. There was no trophy or sponsored sports car. Instead, the fish honours uh, went to Martin Odegaard. It's apparently to do with the club's aquatic heritage. Not sure what type of fish it was, but it was quite large and it was sort of smiling with a bit of lemon on the side. <laughs> that was true. And the others, the Fort William FC was true, but the false one, the blip, was the VAR. And I was quite mean on this oh. one. I said it took until early December for a pitch side monitor to be used by a ref to overturn a decision. It actually took until the 5th of January, early January. Oh, you sneak. Because, I, yeah, I, I did remember them using one yes died, but, but I was a bit naughty because this was probably mid baby haze uh, so ref Michael <laughs> Oliver um, basically consulted a pitch side monitor for the FA Cup third round tie between Palace and Derby County so he changed his verdict about sending off Palace captain Luka Milivojevic um, after giving him a yellow and that turned into a red interesting huh well well done Hayley one out of two there which I don't think is too bad no would you like another one would you like Spurs yes. New Stadium or VAR Spurs new stadium because I've still not been. Okay, so um, number one, the floor of the concourses at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is made from the demolition of their former home, White Hart Lane. Number two, the new club shop is the largest of its kind in Europe. Or number three, Tottenham's new stadium has a Greg's inside on match days. No, I don't think there's a Greg's. Come on, that can't be true. There isn't, but it does have its own on-site bakery. Oh. I just, I added Greg's in there for oh. false purposes. Okay. But you, you've got both of mine, look. Very good yeah. indeed. It seems that Lindsay and you are the perfect combination. I think it's just sub- subconsciously just soaking up this news whilst I'm in a sleep-deprived yeah. haze, just wandering around the house, you know. Well, Hayley, you've done very well. Um, you have got, um, how many How many have you got? Two out of three. I was never known for my maths. Uh, Two out of three. Uh, Next up, it's any other business. 
It's time for Any Other Business and a shout out to Laura Burton, who on Twitter suggested that the big news about Hayley returning today, we'd kept it a mystery uh, until we'd recorded, was um, that I ditched the schoolwork and made my kids work three days straight on the Any Other Business theme tune. Um, I've not done that yet, but it is an excellent idea. I'm not sure how it ties in with the national curriculum, um, but I think I might give it a go. Surely it's music. Well, I mean, yes, yes, it is. I'm not sure quite how we're going to. Well, actually, I do have an old keyboard somewhere. I'll dig out, <laughs> dig out the Casio and see what we can come up with for next week. Um, if, by the way, you can hear my children in the background, I do apologise. I've had to move and the kids are out in the garden. So if you can hear any whoops, it's my youngest son, Arthur, who has a really annoying quite squealy voice when he gets excited he's super cute but my goodness he's got some lungs on him um any other business uh we are um, in fact today if you don't mind ladies shall we celebrate some of the good work that footballers have been doing from the comfort of their own homes whilst uh, the covid19 outbreak has been going on Haley, you're the kind of person who always takes note of this so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to you first while i think of a few Well, we're kind of looking for how footballers are coping during this self-isolation period. It's been great watching some of the head shaving of lots of footballers. Even Mark Lawrenson got involved on social media. And James Milner's Twitter account, by the way, is absolutely hilarious. He was rationing out the tea bags just this week. He's been sharpening the pencils for his kids with no excuses. He was even cutting the grass down close with a little pair of tiny little manicured scissors. Um, So that's been quite humorous. But on the serious side of things, it's been good to see a lot of the real positive stories about footballers giving back. We've now got the We Kick Corona charity, which was set up by teammates at Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich. And they've also raised now 2.5 million euros. Leroy Sané made a big financial donation himself, as well as by Munich striker Robert Lewandowski and his wife as well. They've contributed just under a million euros to fight coronavirus. Uh, Also, a little bit closer to home, Leeds United have announced that uh, the coaching staff, the manager and player Um, have taken a wage deferral for the foreseeable future. So they'll be hoping when things pick up, they can kick off and potentially even make sure that they get promoted. Goodness knows when that's going to be. But they want to make sure at the moment that their staff are looked after. Um, So all non-footballing staff at Ellen Road and also at their training ground are going to be paid. And that's because the manager, the players and everybody else um, who's involved, the slightly higher paid than those staff are um, deferring their wages. So well done, Leeds United, who've collectively got together and done that. Yeah, really good. Very early on, one of the first pledges that was made, you may recall Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs, who actually have a company that runs a couple of hotels. Um, They offered up those hotels to NHS workers. Um, And there's also this week been pictures of Jose Mourinho, who went along uh, as part of Age UK and a homeless charity to donate supplies. Happened to be quite a lot of photographers there as well at the same time. But I don't want to remain sceptical about stuff like that. It's still a great gesture. (laughs) Listen, if I was wearing those tracksuit pants, I wouldn't set up (laughs) to go there. It looks like me most days. I mean, yeah, his outfit said that he didn't think he was going to be seen. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Well, along the same note as uh, as. Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs offering up their hotel. Wilfred Zaha has opened up 50 properties in London to NHS staff. He's a co-owner of a property firm and they've got loads of rental accommodation that they normally, um, I think, use through Airbnb or, or uh, business rents. And there's properties throughout London that they've offered. Close to my heart because I've been donating to our local food bank as well and trying to make sure that food banks aren't affected by people's stockpiling food and therefore um, not 
giving enough or not having enough available for those who really need it. There was a huge donation to six food banks in Glasgow. It came from a mystery benefactor, but the Times said it was Andy Robertson, um, who does a whole load for charity, born in Glasgow, began his career in Celtic, and apparently uh, it was him. So an awesome thing to do. On a lighter note, just trying to keep us all amused, Nottingham Forest uh, have been going a great, great guns on Twitter. They've had uh, cookery lessons on there with their players. And what's really caught my eye is the bedtime story reading. So they've sort of done their own version of Jack and Ori. And uh, Joe Worrell has been reading The Hungry Caterpillar. In fact, he read that live on TalkSport um, to kind of fit in with the theme. My personal favourite was John Bostock, who read Bruce the Moose. Um, absolutely hilarious. Um, and here's an excerpt for you now. Long ago there lived a moose. He was big, he was tall, but his legs were too long, so he'd often fall. And one fine day he fell indeed, and Bruce the moose got stuck in a spruce. Well done to John Bostock then, top effort. And I tell you what, that could potentially have been quite embarrassing, but I think he handled the words Bruce and moose uh, very well indeed, probably better than I just there. Anyone else got anything else to chip in with? I don't know whether you've just spotted generally people posting very funny tweets, things trying to bring some positivity to this time for us to all have a bit of a smile. And one that resonated was Neil Rudolph. I found this one on LinkedIn of all the different channels. Um, But he said, and I I imagine this has happened up and down the country where a lot of people have, have booked darts boards uh, in order to keep themselves entertained indoors. Yeah. And he had a darts board delivered and a world map. And he said to his wife, tell you what, if you get a dart anywhere on that map, I'm going to take you wherever it lands. When all this is over, I'll take you on holiday. And uh, his punchline was, it turns out we're going to spend two weeks behind the fridge. I saw that. That is, <laughs> that is hilarious. I read that just yesterday. That is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Um, We've got to wrap up now, but before we go, a quick congratulations to Lucy Bronze, who's won the BBC's Women's Footballer of the Year. Many thought it would be Vivian Miedemar, who plays for Arsenal, uh, with my favourite hashtag, Feed the Viv, because she's such a prolific goalscorer. But instead, it went to Lucy Bronze. So well done to Lucy Bronze from us, the offside rule. And and well done, you both as well. We've had um, a brilliant first show back. And the good news is, Hayley, you'll be back again with us next week. Yes, I'm going to be back, which is great. We had a few of our own little technical difficulties at the start of this one, so we've raced our way through and we're all just still trying to get our head around self-isolation and coronavirus and everything that's going on. So hopefully as the weeks go on and everybody runs out of ideas, we can keep the ideas going and hopefully keep people listening as well. And yeah, if anybody is on social media and fancies um, giving us some topics or wants to help us uh, with some things, because obviously people have been challenging each other on Twitter and Instagram and other social media platforms. So maybe people want to challenge us by giving us some topics that we could maybe get stuck in to because it's going to be quite hard if this is going to go on for a good few weeks maybe even months to try and come up with some fresh stuff ourselves Mm. ladies and for true friends fans up and down the country across the world who listen to this podcast they know that through many series a lot of friends episodes had those three words at the end to be continued it happened with the rachel and ross storyline you may remember it's going to happen here so Haley, your comeback isn't just done on this podcast there's a part b to come next week 
Oh. Just like Friends, I was only on a break. I was only on a break. <laughs> yes, only exactly. on a break. Well, part B of this brilliant welcome back podcast for Hayley McQueen will be back next week. What on earth does Lindsay Hooper have up her sleeve? As I said, she is our ideas person. She's got a whole notes section in her phone full of ideas, some of which are brilliant, some of which we might just have to uh, sort of scoot over quickly. Uh, but That's that, like that, any good ideas person. There's always some bad yes, ones. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> um, in the meantime, before we're back in your ears again, uh, you can find us on social media at Offside Rule Pod. Do send in your topic suggestions. We'd love to know how you're getting on in isolation as well, folks. Anything football themed you want to send through. And our website is offsiderulepodcast.com. And loads of great interviews there. And actually, because a lot of our writers are off from their jobs at the moment, they're going to be continuing to output articles. Uh, we've got a really good interview on there with Spurs' Gemma Davison. Um, and there's a really nice feature coming out. Actually, it should be out by the time this podcast is released. It's it's a love letter to bubbles uh, the history behind West Ham's football anthem from Hal Walker so thanks to the guys for uh, continually sending in great work and thanks to you two as well what are you up to until we hear from you again Hayley um probably just sunbathing in the garden for the next week um eating the pasta that I have left and um trying to fashion kitchen roll into some toilet roll I can't top that I cannot top it. <laughs> I'll be out in the sunshine as well soon and I'm definitely not touching any more flat pack furniture because it nearly caused a domestic. It's the bane of every relationship. Normally one person's very good at it and the other person thinks that they're good at it. I'm not going to say who's, who's who in your situation, Lindsay, <laughs> but I'll let you think about that. Think about that one for the I know week. the answer. Um, I'm going to go and uh, try and encourage my kids to play some instruments for the Any Other Business theme tune. Folks at home, uh, if you've got a much better version, I'm sure you have, because ours will end up sounding like old McDonald's. Send it through. Um, until next week, uh, thank you so much for joining us, listeners. Uh, don't forget we're on Jack Radio at four every Friday. And uh, Hayley, and Lindsay will hear from you again very soon bye bye thanks for listening The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com listeners i'm caroline barker host of the totally football league show i'm joined each week by sam parkin say hello sam hi caroline by adrian clark say hello adrian hello and the bolton wanderers fan too not adrian but joe critty looking forward to league two yes <laughs> each week we go head first into the efl to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever ian holloway has said now from leeds to luton sunderland to plymouth swindon to stevenage and everything in between if it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered, haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.